prior to this, right, I never really talked about shit that was going on. I'd just be like, all right, I'm going to thug it out, like, do this, do that, and keep it moving because at the end of the day, the world stops for nobody, right? Yeah. But you got to take those moments to realize, like, damn, this is what's wrong with me. My cousin even has a song. It, it's called Wrong. He's like, there's something wrong with me. I don't know what it is, but it's literally haunting me. Yeah. And that's that empty feeling that you feel that's like damn what the fuck is wrong with me what is this feeling that i can't fucking pinpoint and you just continuously battle it and battle it uh i was on the live the other day with alan alan the official and he talks about he's like you know sometimes it's easier when you give that feeling a name now you're waking up every day and you're fighting that feeling named whatever bob right rather than swinging at it in the dark and not knowing who you're fighting. Because mm-hmm. when you can ident- identify the issue or what's making you feel that way, it's the best thing ever. Because then, because sometimes if you're dealing with an issue and you know what, what is making you feel that way, you could sometimes put that that issue to the side and come back to it later. Like, hey, I know this is, I still got to handle this. I, st- I know this is why I feel down, but I can't let you bother me or conquer me today because I need to conquer Monday through Friday, and then we'll deal with you later, you know? I need to get through my week, get through my day before I revisit this. And it, and it works. It helps. helps me. It has helped me come a long way as well. This is Sad Boy Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. I'm your host, Matt. And today we got a special guest, definitely something different, a manager. So go ahead and introduce yourself, bro. Yeah, my name is Equine. Um, I'm a music manager, a business manager. Um, I manage clothing brands. I manage rappers. Looks like a baseball manager right now. Oh, man, I know. I'm a White Sox fan, you know. I, I always got to let people know that. Yeah. How'd you feel about that Tim Anderson situation? Man, I saw that. I'm still looking into I saw. I saw people talking about it, um, but I don't know exactly what happened. I didn't really, I didn't fully grasp what was going on. Yeah, people are saying that, like, with i don't know who it was donaldson donaldson they're like well he was referring to the article where tim anderson calls himself jackie robinson but everybody else like nah it was racial i feel like when it comes to uh things like that you have to believe tim anderson and also understand that um most of these rich people think they can say whatever they want and get away with it you know what i mean um Especially through the internet or through the media, uh, and then you could just say, then they get away with it by saying, "Oh, you interpreted my words the wrong way." But um, I love to Anderson. Shout out to him. I'm a huge fan. I actually follow his photographer on social media. He said, "I'm about to go sign that dude real quick." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I rock with him. I rock with him for sure. Make sure you follow Equan's Twitter, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and if if you follow my Twitter and you don't like to see wild things, please censor it. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I, unfollow. <laughs> Don't unfollow, but just censor some words. Maybe booty, <laughs> uh, sluts. Hey, what you, what you say on the story the other day? I love sluts, or what? We love sluts and whores. I, <laughs> I did say that. I do love sluts and whores. I do. Um, no, nah, it's just fun, man. I, I feel like people think that's me trying to be funny, but I'm not. I'm like, no, nah, this is that's is who I am. Like, like I like outgoing girls people that like to have fun be yourself don't be timid don't be prudish you know i actually i was at a bar um last friday and this girl was telling me um hey i've been i do this with this amount of guys like i feel bad i'm like you do what everybody else do you just you know having fun with a bunch of different guys i like to have fun with a bunch of different girls what's wrong with that you know 
He don't judge. I don't judge, you know. I saw a tweet earlier that some girl came up to you at the bar and said some shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that same, this is the same girl. Yeah. She, she came up to me and said, where was Usher at 7 o'clock? <laughs> and I was like, what? And I, I, I know what she was referring to. She was like, because uh, 7 o'clock on the top, I'm in the drop top, like cruising the street. It's an Usher verse. And I was like, why? Well, out of all people, you came up to me because I'm black. I was like, I get it. I get it. I get it, but you bogus as hell, you know? <laughs> like, why would you come up to me and say that? Bro, that shit had me die when I see that shit. I had, to, I had to let people know. Sometimes when situations happen, I'll be like, should I tweet about this? Because will I get canceled if I tweet this? Um, I'm going to tell you a funny story. I was at Fed's. Uh, I feel like I shouldn't tell people I'd be going, but I was <laughs> I was at this I was at this bar called Feds. If you don't know what Feds is, it is in the West Loop. It's called Federales. That's the longer name of it. Um, and me and my I was talking to this girl, and this dude came up to me from a distance. Hey, bro, you want some chapsticks? Your lips look a little dry. And I was like, Bro, where did you come from? Why are you looking at my lips? And you both offered me some chapstick. I was like, are you trying to, like, cock block? Are you trying to introduce yourself? Like, what's going on here? Like, he's like, hey, I'm just part of your group. I know, like, you're just, like, a distant associate associate of my group. And I was like, what group? What are you talking about? Like, I was trying to figure out who he was. But just to come, to come to find out, he was actually part of our group that was sitting at a table somewhere. But he just saw me at the bar talking to this girl. It was weird. It was a weird situation. And I want to tweet about it, but people were going to be like, what's, I, I didn't want people to come at me like, what's wrong with that? Like, what are you trying to say? Like, you can't, someone can't offer you chapstick? So, I don't know, man. But no, that's a weird ass thing to be offering somebody, especially like, if you don't know them like that. And then he offered my boy chapstick too. And I was just like, why is he going around offering chapstick? We're going to leave, yeah, we're going to leave that one at that. <laughs> yeah, that was a little weird. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> well, that's Equan, everybody. Before we get into it, make sure you go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. Yes, please follow me. Yes. <laughs> and follow him at Equan3. Yes, sir. All right, bro, so let's get into it, right? I mean, this one don't really got a theme because I feel like me and you just are able to talk, like, one-on-one, -on -one, right? I know who you are. We've gone out a couple times, so. Yeah. What really got you involved in the music scene? You know, every every time someone asks me that, it's 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 the same story, you know, because the way it happened was kind of cool. Um, So I was working at an art gallery, right? And... I was I, my job was to greet people that worked walked into the art gallery. Also, I was supposed to give tours, hang up the um, the artist art, um, and also when the artist who art was on display for that month, I was supposed to like cater to that person, like if they ever showed up when they did their presentations. So when I was at the art gallery, um, I <clears throat> it was this guy who um, did like a Nike exhibition and. My boss was like, hey, don't drop that. That's a couple mil. And I, I stopped. I looked at the painting. I was like, a couple mil? I was like, I ain't going to lie. I can probably do this. You know, like, you make, like, I'm, like, literally at this art gallery, I'm studying. Like, I am on YouTube watching MIT videos on economics, something I don't want to do. But, you know, I'm in college. I'm like, this is the way to make money. This is how I'm going to get a job. I got to do this. But then that got me interested. It's like, man, people are making money, and this guy probably didn't go to school. He probably just, you know, had a talent, got good at it, and someone noticed how good he was and started giving him money for something he was good at. Uh, so I just started brainstorming different ideas. You know, what can I do? So um, I decided to become a photographer. 
um, I found a camera and I self I self taught myself. Um, I was going around. I was going to events taking photos. I was going to concerts taking photos. I was sneaking to concerts and say, "Hey, I was hired to be a photographer and get led into the pit for free." You know, uh, my first concert was like Famous Dex. And so I was going to all these events, taking photos. I was just taking photos of people, and I would send it to them. Like, hey, bro, I took a photo of you. You like it? They'd be like, yeah, bro, and they'd share it. And they'd, some people would tag me, some people won't. I wasn't tripping because I was doing it a lot, like Monday, through, Sunday through Monday, like every every day. And so um, after a while, I was meeting so many people. Um, and this is why I was still in college. Um, my artist who I manage now, uh, well, uh, I manage two artists, but the one I started managing first was Nico Supremo. Shout out, Nico. Shout out, Nico. And, you know, he was, I was taking him to these, some of these events with me. He realized, he was like, how you know all these people? I was like, photo shoots. Or, like, I was just, you know, I would just meet him because I was going to these events with my camera. And he was like, man, you know a lot of people. And me and Nico have known each other, you know, since we were, like, 14, 15. So I've known him for a while, but he'd never seen me in that environment. So he was like, man, like, you mean all these people in the music scene? Uh, you know this person that can help out with this. You mean engineers. You mean cover artists. You're meeting um, all these type, different type of characters. You know, he asked me one day, like, hey, slide to the studio session I'm having. And I was like, sure. And uh, when I slid, he was like, hey, I've been thinking about it for a while. And, you know, I think that you will be a great music manager. And I was like, really? Cause I have no clue what to do as a music manager. I had no clue what to do, where to start, how to, you know, get things done, who I, sh what I should do for him. It was just like I just I just jumped into some water, you know, without knowing how to swim. I feel like that's mainly how it happens, you know. You just kind of jump in and see where it fucking takes you, you know. And that's the shit that like I'm trying to navigate now at this point is okay. Now we've been doing this for so long that. How do we take it to the next step? And a lot of people won't necessarily help you out in that regard, right? And I'm just realizing that now, like, everybody always says that, oh, people in Chicago don't want to help each other. It's not that people in Chicago don't want to help each other. It's like you got to find the right people that are going to help you. What I could say about that next step is you don't know. You're not supposed to know. It just it happens. It comes to you, right? You may end up in a situation. You may meet someone one day. Um... You may it may just be a regular business day and something may just click in your head, um, but you have to like I always tell myself this: I, if everything happens for a reason, and I gotta follow my gut. I don't want to sound cliche, but it's so true. Um, I like for example, um, Patrick's son met him last year. Some one of one of my homies that I met at work, he said, "Hey, I think you'll like this guy. He's really good at music." I was you know. People tell me that all the time. People send me music. There's been people asking me to be their manager for the longest time. But uh, he sent me pat music, and I was like, oh, this dude can rap. Oh, he's good. I like it. But then I had to meet him. I was like, let me meet this guy. The dude was nice. We related on a lot of things. He's really from Chicago, like south side of Chicago where I'm from. I remember we were driving down 63rd, and we were like, oh, that used to be a Walgreens. Oh, that used to be a Moonoink. Like, we was relating on things like that, like about our childhood. And I was like... Man, this my this is gonna be my boy. And me and Pat are real like we're homies. Like we hang out. If it ain't about music, we're doing things outside of music. Like we, we're hooping with each other. Um, we talk about sports. Uh, talk about video games. We talk about movies. Like he's a huge DC fan. I'm a huge Marvel fan. And we go back and forth and we debate about that. So things like things just come to you. You gotta you just gotta. And when when they do come to you, you just gotta be ready. 
and uh, you know, just sit in the driver's seat and get ready to drive. So how do you feel like you taking that step of getting to know the artist has benefited you, but also it can be a benefit and a negative, right? Because sometimes you get to know somebody too much and you're like, all right, never, I'm good. Yeah. Um, getting to, so let's talk about the positive first. I think that you start to learn more things, right? Because with Nico, I was learning things from scratch, you know, um, building things up with him, uh, meeting people with him, figuring out things with him. With Pat, I had a lot of things figured out. I, I had resources. Um, I had connections. I had a network. Um, and I had, but what I had to realize was that, um, and this is this 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 is a negative. They are two. They are two different people, right? Um, so I can't. I couldn't treat them the same. Uh, they're both two different artists. So one thing that Nico understood, Pat may not, and one thing Pat may understood, Nico may not. You know, so like I had to treat them differently, and it just took asking, asking questions, figuring out you know what what they like and what they don't like. Um, and then when it came to to Lewis, I managed Lou. Uh, his clothing brand negatives, man. I I had no like I, to be honest with you. I was like, how do I manage a clothing brand? What w- you know? What do I start with there? This is a whole new playing field for me. But it's like, hey, I do know someone that creates merch, so I, that was the first thing I did. I connected him with that guy. Hey, I do know a studio where you can shoot photo shoots at. So I do know um, somewhere that you can you know take f- photos of your product. Also, we know. We ha- we both of us know a lot of people. These people should be wearing your merch at all times. So they just took that. But if we go back to negatives, uh, uh, no pun intended, it was it's it's like when things start to slow down, when you're not dropping merch as a clothing brand, how do you stay relevant? How do you um, continue to keep your name out there? And that's something that's something we're still figuring out. That's something we're still trying to f- you know find the middle ground on. But all of that is fun, you know, figuring those things out. So I, I love, I love, I love what we do with Nico, Pat, Lou, everybody. Uh, it's fun. Man, bro, you got a lot going on. Yeah, and I do. Like I said, we've been hanging around each other for a while, and the only reason I knew you managed negative was because you posted about it. Yeah. But we've never actually had that conversation about it, right? Yeah. The other thing about being in the industry is the people that aren't necessarily supporting you right away, right? Drake said it, and how about now, right? Yeah. Yeah. You ain't fuck with me then, but how about now, right? <laughs> but then he also says, always felt like my vision been bigger than the bigger picture. Crazy how you got to wait until it's dark out to see who really with you. Crazy how even when it miss you, shit will come back around and get you. Mm-hmm. You think about that shit, right? Yeah. That everything that missed you, you know, it'll come back around and get you. Mm-hmm. And people always double back. People always double back. Uh, you even told me a story recently about how, you know, people were doubling back now because, oh, they got a little bit of clout or some shit. This this is the thing, right? When you're, when you're feeling glory, everyone around you feel that glory as well. But when you're not feeling glory, people aren't feeling that glory. So they, so they start to feel like you're not doing nothing or you're not doing enough. So when they're not, when they're not feeling that, that attention, that clout that you receive, they feel like that you're not doing anything. So they see you, they, they're looking at your bad size. They're saying, they're, they start naming all the things you're doing wrong, right? Um, but then once everything starts to pick up again, everything starts to go good, everyone in your DMs, everyone wants to figure out what's, what you got going on, what's next, how can they get involved, right? Um, which, it's, if you understand it, you're okay with it, right? 
it's just it's like I'm not going to give you what I have and I'm not going to let you take what I have. You know, you have to be able to contribute in some form or way. Um, whether that you introduce me to someone, you bring me a resource, or you help me get something done. You can't just be around and and taste the glory without help cooking, you know, the food, you know. So that's 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 my motto. And I just had that conversation with Josh K where they talk about it on another podcast with uh, Fabre Media, right? And he talks about how relationships are reciprocal. They're not transactional. It being reciprocal, right? I felt like that resonated with me so hard because just like you said, you got to be able to c connect with people and offer them something as well. You can't just take, take, and take because when you're doing that, it's like, how are you benefiting the relationship? And there soon becomes this like stigma within the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Because that person knows. It's not like they're not aware of it or naive, right? They know what's going on, but they're allowing you to you know, show your best self before they do something about it. And to add to that is some people believe that doing something for you is bringing attention to you, you know? Like, hey, like, if you do this for me, it's going to help boost your brand. It's going to help bring people's eyes onto you. That's not really doing much for me because that's not guaranteed and that's not promised. You know, sometimes you need to see physical results, something that's attainable, right, something you can touch. You know, I don't care if you think you can bring, you can get someone to look at me. I can do that myself. Uh, there's not any, like, just like you post on social media, I can do the same thing. I need you to be able to help me get something done at a lower cost. You know, if I need to go use a studio, uh, a photo studio, help me get it done at a lower cost. Um, if we're shooting a music video, help me do it at a lower cost. I don't need you to say, hey, um, I got 10,000 followers. I'm not going to pay you. But if I post this about you, if I post your work, if I post what you do, all these people are going to see it. That I, I don't care about that because followers don't reciprocate to revenue. What's one of those situations where you've had to deal with that? Man, can I? Am I? Am I giving out all the all the all the tea? You don't got to give out all, all the, the tea. tea oh man! Uh, I mean, if you wanted to treat it like Twitter, bro, go nah, ahead. Nah, man. Um, I'll go back into the past a little bit with my photography then, uh, cause I, don't, you know, cause uh, with my artists, I don't want to put their business out there, cause we deal with stuff like that on a daily basis. Um, but as a photographer, um, it's 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 a being a freelancer is a tough task because it's not a lot of money in it unless you have high end and consistent clients, right? Um, I dealt with a client. This person was this person was very attractive. They were a good model, but you know, if you want me to travel here, here, and here, you want me to be available from this time to this time, you have to pay me. That's because my time is valuable, and getting to these places it costs money, right? Um, so you have to throw me money. This person's like, hey, I, you know, instead of paying you. You know, you're going to get clients left and right. You know, you're going to get about 500 followers from this photo shoot. Not true. This person ended up paying me, right? Because I told him, like, you need this more than I do, right? You obviously got something going on. You need someone that's going to do it at a lower cost, which is me. I'm giving you a price that's not that expensive. These other people out here are going to tax you, bro. Um, so I ended up doing a shoot. I didn't get a single follower from that photo shoot. You know, and it's just like, that's what I'm talking, I knew that already, but it's like, don't, you know, blow all the smoke in my ear, all this BS about what I'm going to get out of it, rather than 
that that's not physical. Something I can't touch. You know, like I've never been a huge follow me on this or oh man, my followers just hit two thousand k. Like no, I've never been that guy. So that that stuff I'm indifferent about. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's also fake. Like that, none of that shit really matters. Like, yes, it matters to an extent, right? Because those are the people that are gonna support you and make sure that you're eating, right? Exactly. Also, like, cause I throw shows as well. When I throw shows, an artist is like, "Hey, put me on a lineup. I'm gonna bring this amount of people." I put an artist on a lineup that's probably had less followers than them on social media. That probably have had less music out. Probably been the music game less than them. Had way more people show up to the a show than they have. And it's like I understand how social media works. You don't have to, you don't have to lie to me. Like you're not fooling no one. Like I've been doing this since I was 20 years old. I'm t- I'm about to be 26, so I've been doing it for about six years now. So I understand it. So and talk about that a little bit because you're the first person that really opened my eyes to that. Right when I first started doing this shit, I kind of looked at, oh, does how many followers does this person have? Mm-hmm. What is this person gonna bring? How much attention? Right, rather than you know, the interaction, and you mentioned that with Mia, right, Mia Alva, shout out Mia, that she's one of those artists that doesn't have that many followers, but they all interact. You want people that, one, that's going to support you, right? These people that's going to help you push your brand. They're going to be sharing it, talking about it, really, you know, coordinating with you on the drops about your interview. Um, You don't want people that's trying to, like I said, take instead of give. Um... Because what happens is people have these followers, they think they're above you. Like, they think they're doing you a favor, right? And it's like, no, we're helping each other, both our platforms and our brands out to get from point A to point B, to get to a better spot, right? Um, and you have some good, you ha- you've had some, you know, some high-end people on this podcast um, who I think were very supportive and they were showing love, which is good, and I respect those people. But then you also told me about people that, I know they're pl- they look like they have a huge platform, but it's not d- that doesn't do anything for them. That kind of you know rejected your invitation to come, or was just being, you know, weird about it. Which I'm like, hey, this dude is probably gonna be the next big podcast in Chicago, in my opinion. Appreciate that. Hundred uh, percent, do. I think that that just comes with the territory. You know, I've talked about it where you can't expect everybody to say yes. But I also respect those people that say no a lot more than I respect the people that are just going to say, oh, yeah, I'll get to it. Or I'll let you know, because what the fuck does that mean to me? I, you know, personally, at the end of the day, I believe that somebody's word means the most. Right. But if you haven't proven that to me, then how can I take that for anything? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But there, uh, also, there's like the you have to look at the good side, too, is that. Every day you do this podcast or every day you go out there and record a song or every day you go out there and drop a shirt or every day you go take a photo shoot, you get better at it. And that's what you want the most, right? You want improvement. You want practice. You want repetition. You want rehearsal. If you're getting better, you're saying increase, you're doing the right thing. Even if it's small. Man, I like man, I am the king of, like, I, I like, I glorify, like, the small wins. Like, man, that was... This time last year, we weren't doing that. Like, we have a studio now built for our artists now. That's, that, man, if we had that two, three years ago, the amount of money we would have saved would have been insane. Uh, but I don't regret not having it back then because we learned, we met people through there. But having what we have now and being where we're at now, even if it's a small difference, 
it's amazing. It's like a blessing. So I love it. So it's fun too. You talk a lot about the studio, bro. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I, I love to see that you're so prideful about it. And yeah. you tell people like, hey, slide, come yeah. work, come work, yeah. like tap in. So go ahead and talk about it. Promote yourself, bro. Promote Equan's home studio. Yeah. So like, I, it's one of my biggest investments, bro. Like, I spent so much money on it. Everyone has a studio. There's, you know, there's a studio everywhere. People got studios in their home, but like, I was at a point where I was in a club blowing off money. I'm spending fifteen hundred dollars and two thousand dollars, three thousand. My boys could tell you we born bread in the club. There's days we ain't even leave with a girl. We're blowing off money, and it's like, man, like we can be putting this money elsewhere. And uh, I'm not gonna lie. Shout out to Nico. Shout out to my boy Dave. Shout out to Astro. They were the ones like, hey, bro, like, no, you know, you ain't got to be in the club blowing your money. If you got it, put it towards something. And I was like, true. And I did my research. I reached out to engineers I know. I reached out to um, some artists I knew. Hey, what does it take to build a studio? You know, uh, people were giving me ideas. My boy Ronnie, Rage, Cole Krugel, Malibu Gate. Those are the three people that kind of told me what I needed to build a studio. They were like, what are you looking for? And they already know my two artists. So they were like, this is the type of equipment you're going to need for these two. And these are the, this is the software you're going to need. And I was like, bet. So I just went. I found a place to buy it from. And my boy Bodie told me where to buy it from. I went and found it. They told me. And I talked to I had a sales agent on the phone. I was like, man, this dude guided me through everything. Mm-hmm. Hey, I told him this is my budget. He's like, yeah, I can help you work around your budget. Man, it was golden. And it was there within like a week. All equipment came. I, I set it up. Then my next phase was to find a, a, a crib that I had to myself where I could set up home base. Found a crib, two-bedroom, got a little studio in one of the rooms, got it soundproof now. It's amazing. It's a blessing because it's, it's going to save us so much money. And also, I want someone to, like, get, like, a Grammy or something from recording a song in my, in my crib, I like, hopefully. Maybe it's a dream, but, you know, dreams come true. How much does that Grammy mean to you guys as a collective, right? Because... You're a part of the team. I just want someone. I just want people to love the music. You know, I want people to know the lyrics. Um, there's times where we'll be at an event, Nico's not performing or Pat's not performing, they play their song, and I'm like, oh man, that's dope. Like y'all playing that song off straight love. I didn't even because Nico or Pat asked me like, did you tell them to play that? I was like, no, I didn't tell them to play your music. They're just doing it because they like the song. You know, you gotta be proud of that, but you gotta keep doing it, keep dropping music. You gotta keep keep getting people to buy buy in. You know, uh, get girls to like your music. Get the DJs to like your music. And that's one thing Nico's been smart about lately. He's becoming friends with all the music. We were at, um, what's that one bar? Um, it's in the West Loop. Um, it's Emporium in the West Loop. Um, they were playing Nico music. And I was like, oh, man, this is fire. Did they know you guys were there? Uh, yes, the DJ. Yeah, um, uh, Squad Double. Yeah, Squad Double was playing. She was playing... Um, Nico music and uh, it was pretty. It was pretty fun. Uh, it was cool, and like we're looking. Like we didn't. You know, she didn't say when she was gonna play it. She just started doing it, and we're looking at the people listen. Like listening. We're like oh, y'all nodding, y'all nodding your heads. So I'll be bumping to it. You see the little white kids in the crowd trying to shoot. You know, just do the do the dance moves and stuff. I was like, yeah, that's what we need. That's what we need. That's what I love. That's what I love. So you said we need those white teenagers from yeah. uh, Naperville to yes, love our shit. Yes, sir. I ain't gonna lie. If if I'm going to keep it a buck. These are, these are two crowds you need to love your music, black Twitter or white people. Black. T- I'm going I'm to tell you all this. Also, there's, okay, let me tell you three things about marketing yourself. One, you need black Twitter to love you. 
you need white people to love you, and then you need you need controversy. The internet loves controversies. They love the negative. They love they love everything wrong with the world. The 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 internet they love the negative. Shout out to Lou. Uh, if if it's if it's something negative or something that goes against the norm, if it's the opposite, people love it. That's why when I tweet about some some weird or some freaky people, they're they're ha <laughs> they're replying. Like I started naming foods I didn't like. I was just, it literally the reason I did that was an experiment. Though I really don't like those foods, but I was I must post about this and see what people say. He a little weird, bro. He don't like popcorn. Yeah, I don't like popcorn, and I was I tweeted about it. People were going crazy. You don't like popcorn? What? I I remember on Cinco de Mayo I had tweeted, y'all like chopped up hot dogs and eggs. People were going crazy. Oh, that's a that's a grandma legend. That's uh that's a household meal. Like, what you mean? That's an OG meal for breakfast. If you ain't got nothing else in the crib. And I was like, dang. I, I See, I knew it was going to get people heated. If you could find something that people are going to disagree with, they'll talk about it all day. Because people want love to win arguments. People love to debate. So. Shit, all publicity is good publicity. Exactly, exactly. How would you suggest you get people to fucking love you on black Twitter? And how you get white people to love you, bro? So black Twitter, like, I think black Twitter is like one... They got to see something they've never seen before because black Twitter, like the, they like trendy things. So black Twitter want to catch on to the next trend, whether that's the next person that's making TikTok videos, the person that's getting embarrassed, um, anything. Anything that's gonna see, that seems popular at the time, black Twitter's going to hop on it. Now, white people is going to also like trendy things, but they like they want it to be good, something that everyone in that circle is going to accept because... White people accept what other white people like. I'm sorry for my white friends and my white homies. Yeah, I got to talk about y'all a little bit. Um, so, if you know, like, think about the typical history. White people absorb what someone else has told them to believe, right? Even in their own household. If your parents tell you to believe A, B, and C, you're going to take A, B, and C to the heart. You know what I mean? So, like, if, you're fr if this one white boy likes Nico or Pat's song or likes Negative Brand, those three other white people, are like, oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you, that's them from city people that I, I know them too. Oh yeah, I'm cool. I'm, I'm in. I'm groovy. You know, that's, that's how it works. Um, and then with the controversy thing, you know how that goes. <laughs> Just fucking piss people off on their national holidays. Exactly. So honestly, bro, I really wanted you to come on here, not because we had a fucking last minute cancellation, but the fact that. Every time we talk, I feel like you always have some good shit to tell me, right? You always have some good advice, especially business-wise. Mm -hmm. So how has uh, being a businessman helped you grow professionally and personally? It's a lot of learning lessons. Like, uh, one thing you have to know is everything is not going to go as you planned it. Nothing's going to go as you planned it. Like, you have this big plan in your head. You you guys you you have an idea how you want it to go go down, but it's never gonna work out that way. If it does go that way, you weren't trying hard enough, in my opinion, right? Um, like, I've one of the biggest show, shows I've thrown was at Shuba's, and I had an artist counsel on me like right when I had the flyer and I was about to announce the show. And but I always have a backup plan, right? I know a lot of artists, I know a lot of people that want, that's looking to perform, and a lot of I know a lot of people that know how to perform as well. Because there's people that's looking to perform, but they don't know how to do it in front of a large crowd. So I just you know I just figure I just figure out plan A, plan B, plan C, and also when you're planning things, run it by someone. I'm on the phone with Nico. I'm on the phone with Lou. I'm on the phone with Dave. I'm on the phone with Pat. Just telling them, hey, this is what I'm thinking. What, you, like, you know, what? How does this sound to you? What does this look like? 
it doesn't sound like something we should I should do. Um, you want to be part of it. I always run it through somebody because it may sound good in my head, but the moment I get to talking, it just it just it may not be the best thing ever. So uh, it's best to run something by someone. But also, but other than that, be confident in your uh, idea as well. Um, you thought of it for a reason. You don't think of something because you don't think it's possible, but is it within your grasp? Um, I have a lot of resources. I, I know a lot of people. So I always think about, man, can I can I work with this? Can I get it done with just what I have now? Who who would I reach out to if I want them to do this, this, and this? Um, I know DJs, so that's all. I'm always going to DJ for a show. Um, I know a lot of venues now, so I can reach out to different venues. You guys know hella DJs, bro. Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you <laughs> off, but, man, fucking Jerp, Narcolex, like, literally those two were because of Nico and then I heard the stories of how you guys met him, and I'm like, damn, these dudes. Like I said, we were going to the clubs a lot. We were blowing money, and we are meeting these DJs. And one thing is, like, Nico's a, a, like a, Lat- a Chicago rapper, and, Lat- uh, and he's Latino. So, like, it's, it's only a small few Latino rappers out here. So Nico stands out, right? Um, so for him, he has to try harder. So... Um, but he's recognizable to other Latinos. Like I, I they they give him his like his um what you, what's the word um his flowers flowers. You know they give him his flowers. Hey, I respect what you're doing. You guys are doing good because when that boy Nico in work mode, he in work mode. It's it ain't no stopping that kid. Uh, and it, and it's good. I like to see that. Um, it keeps me busy. Um, and it's fun too because, you know, me uh, we like I we meet girls. Uh, we meet um, we go to parties. We smoke a lot of weed. We drink. It's fun. It's fun. You guys do. A, you guys do a lot of shit. And I fucking. You guys are just a fucking vibe, bro. Every time I link with you guys, it's a fucking vibe. That's a lot of us too. It's a lot of us. It ain't just me and Nico, man. Like when it comes to Nico Supremo, um, a lot of people help out in different ways. It's we're the core too. But when we're going out, when we're meeting people, when we're going to these events. We try to roll in gang deep, you know. Um, we his last show where he didn't perform. We, you was there. It was it was like twenty one of us. We all you know, we walked out that that motherfucker together. It was it was good. It was fun. Mm-hmm. So I want to get into more of the personal aspect, right? Who the fuck is Equan, right? What kind of personal adversity have you overcome that has made you who you are today? I think the biggest adversity was that I had to learn how to be independent. Um, growing up, I was I was I was born and raised on the South Side of Chicago. I had uh, an older brother, a little brother, and a little sister, and I had just my mom. My mom had me at 19, so she had four kids by the age of 24, right? I'm 25, not a single child. I got a dog. You know, I can, yeah, I couldn't imagine what she had to go through. So it was, you know, if I wanted something, I had to go get it for myself. My mom did the best she can to provide, but I understood she couldn't do that for me. But, you know, um, learning how to be independent, going out there. And I had a job every summer. I never went, uh, never not had a job. My first job was at Aeropostale. In a water tower. Um, I worked at Wrigley. Um, I worked in a basement of Target. I worked in a basement of Macy's. Um, I worked for a Greek guy at a restaurant. I worked at a smoothie shop. You know, I just had to be independent because I had to have money to get things done. Um, I had to pay for things at school. Um, things happened where, you know, I got in trouble with the law. I had to, I needed money for that. Um, I had needed money to help Nico pay for the studio. Uh, it was a point where me and Nico had the same job. It was pretty cool. Uh, I would be in the front, he would be in the back, 
and I'll run up to him like, hey, bro, he just sent the cover. Or, oh, bro, he just sent your front, your mix and master song over. Hey, like, right after this, you have a show. Like, we, I remember one time he, I was throwing a show down the street from where we were working, and we both got off at the same time. We changed, we didn't even shower, we just changed, and it's probably the, one of the greatest shows I've ever thrown. I mean, I say we rocked that place, it was crazy, but it's like learning how to be independent and do things on your own takes you a long way because if you don't, when you don't know how to do things on your own and you face objections, you don't know what to do. But when you're independent and you come across a problem, you know how to problem solve, you know how to, you know, think of a solution. Uh, you might ha- you don't have all the answers, but you have a lot of answers for a single problem, you know. So that's and that's I think that's the greatest blessing. Um, and my mom always used to tell me like when things used to happen, she'd be like, "Breathe, calm down." Cause I used to be like, I used to be that kid, you know, how when little kids get mad at me. <laughs> I used to, <laughs> that used to be me. Say you'd be holding your breath and shit because you're pissed off. <laughs> yeah, no, I just be like, I'd be like, like breathing and like having panic attacks. But like, you know, when I got to when I got to college, I was by myself. So she was just like. When you hit an issue, it's just you out there. Like, don't matter who say your friend, it's you. No one that you can, your closest friend can give up on you. And I was like, man, that's some real stuff. So I just had to figure out how to do things on my own and be very independent, which is like me now. Like, I live by myself. You know, I got I pay my own bills. Uh, when I you know if I need a little help on something, some here and there, my homies got me. But like, at the end of the day, I'm a very independent human. You know, so. What kind of negative impact did that have on you being the oldest other than financially? I'm the second oldest, but uh, I felt like that. But, you know, my, me and my older brother lived two different lives. You know, he typical Chicago you know, nigga. And I was that boy. that was like, let me go to college and, you know, see if this works. And the thing is, is like people thought I was going to be like that goody two shoe, that golden child. Like, oh, he's going to college. Oh, look at him getting into business. Um, so people had high expectations of me. So I always try to maintain that. Like, man, I can't let people see me when I'm down. Oh, I can't tell you that what my pocket's looking like. I can't come to you when I really need you. Like, I just, I was trying to hide that part of me. But I've learned, one of my homies had told me one, one day, I, I, I remember this vividly. We were on my back porch uh, when I was still staying with my mom back when I was in college. She, he goes, I think you will be a better version of yourself if you tap in with your emotions. I was like, man, what do you mean by that? He was like, bro, understand why you feel the way you feel. Use that, it's a superpower. And once you understand that feeling, you're gonna know how to take care of that feeling at that moment. And I was like, that makes that makes sense. So when I felt angry, I knew how to handle that emotion. When I was sad, I knew how to handle that emotion. Set out to Sad Boy Radio. Sad Boys for real. Yeah, when I was no, when I was feeling some emotion, something because when I was growing up, and for him to see that, he just like because he, he was always around me. He was like, man, I feel like when you when you see it, when you feel an emotion, you either try to hide it or you don't know how to deal with it. You just start laughing or something. And I'm like, that's true. So like, I had to figure out, you know, how to take care of things, how to deal with myself, you know, and it was and that even helped with relationships as well. You know, and it went a long way, and I think that it helped me grow grow a lot. Help me grow a lot for sure. It's a middle child thing, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm the second oldest, so I feel like prior to this, right? I never really talked about shit that was going on. I just be like, all right, I'm gonna thug it out, like do this, do that, and keep it moving because at the end of the day, the world stops for nobody, right? Yeah. But you got to take those moments to realize, like, damn, this is what's wrong with me. My cousin even has a song. It, it's called Wrong. He's like, there's something wrong with me. I don't know what it is, but it's literally haunting me. Yeah. And 
that's that empty feeling that you feel that's like damn what the fuck is wrong with me what is this feeling that i can't fucking pinpoint and you just continuously battle it and battle it uh i was on the live the other day with alan alan the official and he talks about it. he's like you know sometimes it's easier when you give that feeling a name now you're waking up every day and you're fighting that feeling named whatever bob right rather than swinging at it in the dark and not knowing who you're fighting. Because mm-hmm. when you can ident- identify the issue or what's making you feel that way, it's the best thing ever. Because then, because sometimes if you're dealing with an issue and you know what, what is making you feel that way, you could sometimes put that that issue to the side and come back to it later. Like, hey, I know this is, I still got to handle this. I, st- I know this is why I feel down, but I can't let you bother me or conquer me today because I need to conquer Monday through Friday, and then we'll deal with you later, you know? I need to get through my week, get through my day before I revisit this. And it, and it works. It helps. helps me. It has helped me come a long way as well. Yeah. Man, that's crazy to think about, especially just, like, having to take that time or even putting it to the side, right? I feel like that's uh, low-key not to, like, come at you. It's like a procrastinator fucking mindset, right? Because I'd be like that. I'd be procrastinating on everything, not wanting to get shit done. Here's the thing. So what being with with doing business with a lot of people you deal with a lot of you deal with emotions as well right so <clears throat> you got people that's excited about something that's happening over here you got somebody that's upset with something over here you got people that you know want something from you over here and when all this thing's going on you're like uh you feel overwhelmed you're, and you have to figure out how to you know deal with these people one by one like hey i know you're excited but let's get it done first Hey, I look, hey, bro, you, I know you're feeling sad, you're down, but we got to get this done. Or, hey, look, like, with family, um, like, I recently lost my grandma. Uh, rest in peace to Lily. Um, and with my mom, you know, she was, you know, wanting me around more, but I, I, had, all, I had already put time into these trips, my money into these trips, and I already had put a time aside for it. So I had to figure out how to still be there for her how to make sure I, you know, made those phone calls, how I had to check in on my family, and I had to deal with my own emotions. I lost my grandma. So at that time, you know, you're dealing with all these emotions at once, not just yours, but other people as well. That's when it comes to, I gotta put, I gotta put this aside over here, put this over here, come back to you later. Okay, I'm gonna deal with you now. You have to know how to divide those things and deal with them one by one. Because if you don't, you're just gonna burn yourself out and you're gonna just, collapse it's it's the worst my condolences to you and your family appreciate that and i feel like you you know talking about that that's real that's some real shit because you know just like i've explained multiple times like when you experience that loss i lost both my grandmas at the same time right it's like sometimes you don't even process it right away it's just like damn like i'm never gonna see them again and then one day it hits you, it's like, damn, I'm really never going to see them again. Yeah, I usually see my grandma at holiday parties or a birthday party, and, you know, that hasn't come up yet. My little sister's birthday is coming up uh, next month, so that's going to be the first moment where we hit, like, whoa. But, hey, my grandma, she talked about this time, all, like, she talked about this moment, like, hey, and, you know, one day I won't be here. But she instilled a lot of things in us, um, and I can tell that um, a part of her is in me because I act like her in some form or way. Uh, so when things like that do happen, you know, I can look at myself or my other family around me to be like, wow, she's still here, you know. And also, you know, we got an angel, you know. And when I pray, I'm praying to her. What's one of those lessons that you learned from her? Oh, man, it's a lot of them. But I think I think the biggest thing for my grandma was, like, don't let anyone hold anything over your head, right? 
Um, she used to always say, people will promise you anything. People will say anything to you to get you to buy into them or get you to like them. But um, you have to you know you have to understand it and know if it's true or not, right? That was that was the biggest thing. But also, like she grew up in like the '60s, the '70s, so she dealt with a lot of discrimination. Um, she was there during the civil rights uh, movement, so she gave me a lot of education on that and told me how I was going to be treated as a black man in America. Um, and she used to talk about it all the time, like, if you're in a classroom, this is what you're going to deal with. When you're in a workplace, this is what you're going to deal with. And if I didn't have that, I would be so clueless and naive that I would let people treat me any type of way. But I know how to protect my peace now. I know how to handle situations or I recognize when someone discriminating discriminating against me. And you talk about that a lot, you know, especially recently on Twitter. You talked about Kendrick Lamar and how his new album embodies, you know, what black people were going through during the pandemic i'm a, I'm a huge fan of kendrick lamar uh shout out to him i think like the reason why uh that stood out to me the most is because you know during the pandemic that was like the one of the biggest times we've seen a lot of movies go on for like black people and minorities as well we've seen protests we've seen different organizations being created one of the biggest ones uh being the black lives matter movement it was already created but we've seen a lot of funding go that way um, we've seen different people show support, businesses and things like that. Uh, but I think Kendrick Lamar was trying to say that, you know, uh, there's a lot of black love, but there's still a lot of black hate. Um, and there's a lot of black pain, even through these celebrities. And people like to glorify that uh, through the media. Like, if you notice, um, he was in his r single that he dropped before the album came out. He, You know, it was O.J. Simpson that he changed his face to. Jesse Smollett, Nipsey Hussle, Will Smith. Um, I think I'm forgetting one. Uh, but he changed, you know, he was just trying to sh you know, show that and emphasize it within that, which is cool, you know. Um, I, like I said, um, understanding those things, that's something my grandma instilled in me, which made it, I think that made who I am today. It made me understand a lot of things about the world, which is pretty dope. What do you think about Jesse Smollett being involved in that video, considering that, they ended up prosecuting him for a false allegation. I think that was trying. He what he was trying to say there was that even when you black, you do you try to use black. I'm black, so you have to uh, sh show me some sympathy, right? Like he was trying to use his blackness for s support, which was bogus, you know. Like, hey, if people did a racist act on me. He was using his blackness to get attention, which like in a bad way, uh, which I think was kind of bogus, and I didn't like that because um, it was kind of like, come on, bro, like. You got because I think he got killed off the show of Empire or something. He got kicked off the cast. So he was trying to find something else to sh get love. Well, I think he got kicked off after he had done that. Yeah, some had some had happened though, but it was kind of like, hey, bro, like I don't even want to. I don't even want to see this on my feed. I don't want to pay attention to this because this is bogus. Like even still, when people retweeting and talking about it, you're still getting love because, like I said, in that love controversy, and people are talking about it, and I don't want to see that stuff. You know, so. I was very, I was very against what happened. I didn't even. It really be like that out yeah. here, bro. People it was really whack. That situation was whack, bro. It's like you trying to, you falsely claiming you're getting jumped by someone, and they called you the N word, bro. Like, that's whack. So let's move forward, right? You let, you really highlighted mental health, and even through your social media, you've been talking about mental health a lot. What's one way that you've gone about making sure that you stay grounded and you stay, you know, sane in a sense? I think sometimes you have to s sit down and reflect, take some time, take some alone time. I think um, people, if you're around people all the time, 
and you don't think to yourself at all, and you always have other people in your ear, or you're always on social media hearing, other, reading other people's opinion, you're never gonna be able to breathe, right? Because you're being suffocated by everything else in the world rather than being able to sit with your own thoughts, your own ideas. So, um, and that's why I love living by myself. I you know it's only been two months, but man, there's days when I just sit there and think, I plan, um, I'm reflecting, I'm taking the time to understand what someone just said to me. Um, it's better for my health because instead of reacting or behaving off something or not being having a clear understanding of what's going on, um, sometimes that can take a toll on you. So when you're able to sit down, breathe a little bit, it helps you out, right? You, you, you move at a better pace, at your own pace, rather than feeling rushed or being too slow on things. So I think it's good to have good mental health. Understanding that social factor too, right? That's super important, especially when you do what we do, right? Like we've mentioned, there's a lot of people who will use you for what they need or what they want. And I was talking, like I said, I was talking to somebody about it where your social meter is just dead, right? Yeah. And there's really nobody else that's going to refill that, right? You can have your community where people pour into you, you pour into people. But at the end of the day, it's really... Okay, let me take that time, just like you said, to sit by yourself and really sit with your thoughts, because you're the only person that's got you. Yeah, yeah, and when and when you do that, when you sit with your thoughts as well, you may f discover something new about yourself, right? Like I said, you're gonna understand that emotion a little bit more. Um, you like something that you thought you liked, you're gonna realize, no, I only liked that because I was around it, or because that person was constantly with me. You know what I mean? So you have to be able to take your time and step away from it and understand it a little bit more, right? Because I have a lot of people around me all the time, whether it's business, it's friendship, it's family. I realize that a lot of people are around me for certain things. And when I step back, I'm like, Ugh, I got to create some distance from you. What's one of those emotions that you felt like you had to learn to understand? Anger. Uh, it was 100% anger. Like, I used to get angry. Like, I've dealt with a lot of situations. I put myself in bad situations because I got angry. Um, and now I feel like I'm at the point now where I barely get angry. Like, I, it took me a while. My mom used to tell me about it. I had girlfriends tell me about it. Uh, and I was like, why? is? And that's kind of, and I'm not going to lie, be completely honest right now on this podcast. That's one of the reasons why I gave up drinking for two months. Uh, it's because, like, you know, I don't want to be that person um, because I think, you know, when someone's when someone's happy and they're, when they're on this high of happiness, they can't see clearly. When someone's sad and they're thinking too, and they're too depressed, they're always thinking negative. When you're angry, you just black out, right? So you sometimes don't remember what happened, right? You sometimes don't know why you behave that way. You just you just let your emotions take over. So I had to learn how to deal with that, right? Um, understand why things was happening that's how i became a better problem solver instead of just being angry and getting mad at everything i realized that hey take a breath uh this happened because of this this happened because of that and it, this has been helping me a lot man and i think on the business aspect too because and me and nico had to learn too when things will happen to us in business it'd be middle finger to that person instead of it'd be like fuck you but we had to learn like Actually, that's not the situation. Let's actually let's. I'm gonna understand you a little bit more. Why that's going on? Let me take some time to think about it. 
and we're getting better and we're still growing too we're both young so nah, sometimes it really do be yeah. middle fingers to that yeah, person they, fingers. They, yeah. they just fucked around and ruined your yeah. fucking they ruined your vibe and they wasted your time they and waste it's your like, time, bro yeah. what the fuck yeah i remember i remember like this i think i was kind of near the point of like already okay i've learned how to deal with this emotion and uh my boy lou it was a situation he was a business situation he was dealing with i remember i was at a bar the first thing he did when he walked in was just got the yelling he was like why the f- t- 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 this about this but he was like because he was trying to get something done with his brand and you, you everyone cares about their brand they care about their business right and you always want to make sure that things are going the way you want it to go you know and also when it's money you don't like when people pay with your money uh he was just upset and i was like hey take some time let's sit back think about it because you, there's no rush also you're going to get what you want you just have to be you have to just tell that person you have to be vocal about it so i think me and him was able to like you know get rid of those feelings that he had and actually see what he wanted and he dropped one of the greatest drops that summer and like when he dropped he dropped a commercial for his negative brand and it was that commercial was fire and there was a lot of us that was involved but he was just you know something had happened that got to him and i just had to you know help him get over it Mm-hmm. Damn, bro. You guys be involved in so much shit that I really, I love it, bro. I love to see you guys winning, and I love that I'm able to be a part of that, right? Yeah. Be- because that's the main thing is that, just like you said, there's a lot of people around you that you got to watch out for. So for you guys to be so accepting of, you know, coming around and being involved, I appreciate that. And that's what I think. That's why we hang around you too, Matt. It's because you've, you're supportive. Also, you have a brand that that's good you know it, it does something right it's a platform that i want to you know bring attention to um because some people will be like i want to start a podcast they never do it or some people start a podcast and and there's no system to it you have a structure you've had people come here um you have a theme uh it's it, it's a it, it's very well put together you know so like it's really good to see that you're doing that and we're always going to be able to push it and support it that's all i really have for you bro thank you once again thank you for your kind words yeah you know actually one thing i did want to talk about a little more was the no drinking thing right i forgot to go into that so you said that you gave up drinking because of the anger yeah that that was one of the reasons anger but like um after i lost my grandma i kind of thought that you know health is very important my grandma's a healthy individual right she didn't she drank a little bit but she never smoked in her life but, you know, I'm like, I'm 26, man. I be seeing some people just throwing down drinks and it's taking a toll on them. Like, you look sluggish. You look, you don't look like yourself. I've seen people, I'm like, you drink a lot. You don't, I, I can't recognize you. Or, like, you acting out of body. You're not acting like yourself when you're drunk. And I was like, man, do I come off as that? Like, that's how I am. So I just, like, let me let me take a step back real quick a little bit. Because, you know, when you when you do what we do, we're always at DJ sets. We're always at the club. We're always at events. So we're drinking. You've seen me drunk, you know? Um, and it's like, uh, let me let me take a step back and figure out if if what happens if I go two months without drinking. I've been drinking since I was in high school. I don't think I've ever took a break. Maybe during the pandemic, I took like three weeks off, but I was still going to those little secret house parties, those secret events. Uh, so I was like, if I go two months without drinking, I might discover something new about myself that I didn't know. So it's just a, it's a journey that I'm happy to be on. What's something that you have learned? I'm a lot more energetic. Like, my dog about to get this two-mile walk in the morning. <laughs> I'm about to be productive. Uh, I'm, more, I'm more willing to talk to people, too. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm not about to reply to this text. But now I'm like, oh, man, I'll, I'll you know, reply to this right now. And get, hear what I, you can hear what I have to say. 
or like I'll like, pick up this FaceTime. Like I feel I, I'm in a better mood. You know, I feel more energetic. I'm a little bit happier. Um, if I had a million dollars, you know, I'd be a lot more happier. But you know, no alcohol and exercise does that too, bro. Yeah. During the yeah. pandemic, I I didn't drink for like a year, so I quit drinking and i was just working out and yeah. fucking and i've been I, hooping a lot yeah so working I, out yeah i always tell people i'm like that was the healthiest i ever felt in my fucking life bro and i was and also like that too i love playing basketball i haven't drank in two weeks man the last few games i've played i've i've won i've been yeah i won i'm gonna try to know that you better let people know. i've won you don't got skill right i'm a i'm a bucket I'm a bucket. So um, I heard Nico <laughs> beat you, and he's yeah. like half your size, bro. No, Nico probably got me in a game or two because he's a great shooter. But come on, shooter shoot. Yeah, yeah, that boy, that shooter shoot. That boy be shooting his shot. You know, <laughs> that's a horny man. Uh, <laughs> oh, not you, right? I thought you were number one on the top three. Nah, nah. Hey, ladies, ladies, if y'all see this podcast, if y'all see this interview, look. I will give my addresses. DM me. My social media is Equan3 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, so I am one of the horniest guys you'll meet. But it's going to be that good horn. You're going to have a good time. But, yeah, bro, I really appreciate you coming through. I feel like it was a very productive conversation, a conversation that I, I've needed because I've just been so far out that I'm like, fuck, I need to just talk to somebody for real and not have it feel forced. You know how it be. We always have a good time, you know. Um but yeah, I'm proud of you. Um, thank you for having me. I love being here and I love expressing myself and also talking about the business that I've done with people. So, so much more to come. Yes. Appreciate it, bro. Not late. That's gonna be all today, guys. Thank you for watching. Go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. Sad boys for real. Peace out. This is Sad Boy Radio.